Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and trending. Monday morning at 9.30. The Monday morning show, Coffee With You. Thank you for joining me. gentlemen and welcome to the show. I'm your host Doug from Ontario, Canada. I hope everybody out there uh, had a good weekend. Uh, it was uh, pretty chilly here in Ontario, uh, but the sun was shining. The snow has all melted, which is nice to see that stuff uh, all go away. Here we start a new week. And of course, we're in the daylight savings time. So I hope everybody is uh, well rested and uh, starting off the week here. So as I, as I always mention here on my show um, about the Canada and the United States uh, border, um, it has been closed to non-essential travelers for a year. So is there and should there be a plan moving forward to start opening the border between Canada and the United States? Right now, um, there's no reopening plan. The one-year anniversary of the shutdown of the Canada and the United States border will come and go next week with no end in sight to disruptions that have, have um, affected lives, businesses, and communities, touching the world's so-called longest undefended frontier. Well, it's not the so-called, it is the longest undefended border in the world. Once again, the tightening will be extended, extended on March the 21st for another month, as it's been every month since the, the uh, pandemic crashed onto this continent last year. And once again, the people most affected will wonder what the plan is for reopening and what sorts of public health stats would allow regular travel to resume. Well, how about no more pandemic? How about no more virus? No 
then maybe we'll talk about reopening the border here in Canada. There is no plan to open the border between Canada and the United States at this time. Conversations with officials in both countries in recent days revealed that even as vaccinations ramp up, neither government has defined what it will take to reopen the border. They say there's no secret document laying out such benchmarks, such as, for an example, the number of vaccine doses required for a return to normal or the number of corona cases reported. The official line remains that it's still too soon to talk about reopening because the virus remains a serious threat. There are still two few vaccinated people. Case levels are still concerning. Virus variants pose unknown perils. So Canada is not going to open the border. Is there a light at the end of the tunnel? One of Canadian officials who asked to, uh, uh, who asked, uh, wants to remain anonymous. I don't know why I'd say who I was, I don't care. In the near term, however, people should expect the border measures to continue. What does that mean? It's an extension of the spotty new status quo for cross-border travel, which has dropped off 90% through freer movement is allowed for certain workers in certain humanitarian reasons and certain modes of transportation. Now, some U.S. lawmakers eye the White House for a proposal. But there's a push for greater long-term clarity in the terminology of the financial world. What some are asking for is forward guidance to help people plan. Among these demanding details are two dozen members of the United States Congress from border states. They wrote to the United States President Joe Biden requesting a plan for reopening the border in gradual phases tied to public health metrics. One leader of the initiative is Brian Higgins, He's a Democratic member of the House of Representatives in Buffalo, New York. He said in an interview last week in his office, Higgins reflected on the ties between countries. He pointed to an acoustic guitar in his office and noted that he'd just been playing a Gordon Lightfoot tune. He reminisced about how easy it used to be in the old days before the border tightened with the September 11 attacks to drive across to Ontario, park his car, and go for a jog along the waterfront. U.S. Law, lawmaker wants border partly reopened by the end of May. I don't even see that happening. Higgins doesn't want these restrictions lingering much longer. His goal to have the border partially reopened by uh, the United States Memorial Day, May 31st. 
been full or reopened by July 1st under certain health-related conditions. Now, Canada will make that decision on our border, whether we're going to do that by that time. He says he doesn't see any reason why loved ones who have been separated for a year, property owners, people that live in Buffalo, that own a cottage in Crystal Beach, Ontario, business owners, why shouldn't they be able to cross the border safely? Because Canada, tourism is not open. And what makes you think people are going to come over here and follow the rules anyways? And how are we going to enforce that? How, how are we going to have people watching to make sure that you're following the rules? We've already had problems with that on the West Coast. People who are going, cutting through Canada, to get to the other part of the United States, we're just loafing around and not following the rules. So he goes on to say here, so as long as they clarify that they're going to do certain things, certify that you've been vaccinated, certified that you're going to wear a mask, certified that you're going to practice good, good physical distancing. Higgins has been talking to the Biden administration as it works out its own policy as part of the, as an executive order signed on the president's first day in office. The White House policy is weeks behind schedule. However, Higgins hopes the new administration might be able to draft up some ideas soon and propose them to Canada. Well, you can propose it to Canada all you want. Canadians are going to push back. So we're not going to have this border wide open for anyone to come into this country. We faced already two lockdowns. Potentially, they're talking about a third lockdown. And uh, no, we are we are not ready to uh, welcome anybody across this land border into Canada anytime soon. Now, Canadian officials, they are actually rejecting the notion of a phase reopening from May to July. They're just calling such reopening talks premature. Some members of one critical Canadian industry, like the auto sectors, are growing impatient. The auto sector gets angry. They say Canada's industry them is itself at a critical moment as parts companies across the continent compete to obtain contracts during the, the shift of the new supply chains and then updated NAFTA and the evolution 
to electronic, uh, electric vehicles. One owner parts company chairman of the uh, Martin Air International said it's actually getting harder now to cross the border than it was early in the pandemic. He said some executives or technicians get sent into quarantine when they enter Canada and some don't. And that sometimes the rules are applied differently on the same day at the same border crossing. If your technicians need to get sent across, yes, they should be able to cross no problem in the United States and they shouldn't have a problem coming back. Executives don't need to cross. If your situations can be resolved by a phone call, then resolve your problem. The other thing too, you know, um, you know, it's happened with the nurses who cross into um, Detroit on a regular basis to go to work in the hospitals, or they're going over there for training and they come back and they say, you got to self-isolate. That's ridiculous. Doesn't happen to all of them, but some of it has happened. So we need to really need to give the border officers more guidance from Ottawa. Now, at the same time, the U.S. was in the midst of the uh, devastating second wave of COVID-19 cases and the country's COVID-19 death rate is still nearly three times higher than Canada's. He blames the former Trump administration for not taking the virus seriously enough and for not engaging uh, uh, for not engaging Canada earlier. Well, we know how that unfolded in the United States with Diaper Don. The American outlook brightening fast. Now the tide is, turn is turning. Well, hopefully it's turning. The tide should be turning here too. But we're still in the early stages of vaccinations. Vaccination rates are surging in the United States. Biden said he expects enough vac uh, vaccines for every American by May 31st and hopes life might, might uh, be close to normal by Independence Day. This year has been particularly destructive in border communities. And then the border communities anxiously awaits news. And that's on both sides of the border too, because tourism is really hurting. It's basically non-existent. Across the border, 
Uh, the mayor here in Cornwall, Ontario, referred to the human impact, recounting that story of woman across the border who struggled uh, with her dying mother in Cornwall. These things hit home. One thing people are angry for, she said, is information. I think it's not clear. This is we're at the point where we're thinking reopening is going to happen sometime this year, potentially, except we don't know what that metrics are. What's the process? Identification, identification cards that you've been vaccinated, like a passport. Something that cannot be duplicated or copied. Something that cannot be falsified. Maybe Canada will go that route. It's not going to be a free-for-all anytime soon when it comes to opening up the border between Canada and the United States. Now, here in Canada and all over the world, this pandemic raging on. Hopefully things get better as these vaccines are rolling out and more people are getting vaccinated. You know, the sooner we can get on with our normal lives, but here in the meantime, COVID-19 and your mental health The worries and anxiety about COVID-19 and its impact can be overwhelming. Social distancing makes it even more challenging. Well, this COVID-19 pandemic, it has brought many changes to how you live your life. And with uncertainly altered daily routines, financial pressure and social isolation, you may worry about getting sick, how long the pandemic will last, whether you'll lose your job or what the future will bring. Information overload, rumors and misinformation can make your life feel out of control and make it unclear on what to do. During this pandemic, you may experience stress, anxiety, fear, sadness, loneliness. And mental health disorders, including anxiety and depression, can worsen. Surveys show a major increase in the number of U.S. adults who reported symptoms of stress, anxiety, and depression during the pandemic, compared compared with surveys before the pandemic. Some people have increased their use of alcohol or drugs, thinking that they can help cope with the fears about the pandemic. 
in reality, using these substances can worsen anxiety and depression. People with substance use disorders, notably those addicted to tobacco or opiates, are likely to have worse outcomes if they get COVID-19. That's because these addictions can harm lung functions and weaken the immune system, causing chronic conditions such as heart disease and lung disease, which are the increase of the seriousness of the complications of COVID-19. For all of these reasons, it's important to learn self-care strategies and get the care you need to help you cope. Self-care. Self-care strategies are good for your mental and physical health. It can help you take charge of your life. Take care of your body and your mind and connect with others to benefit your mental health. By taking care of your body, be mindful about your physical health. Get enough sleep. Go to bed and get up at the same times every day. Stick too close to your typical schedule, even if you're staying at home. Participate in regular physical activity. Regular physical activity and exercise can help reduce anxiety and improve mood. Find an activity that includes movement, such as a dance or exercise app. Get outside in an area that makes it easy to maintain distance from people, such as a nature trail or your own backyard. Eat healthy. Choose a well-balanced diet. Avoid loading up on junk food and refined sugar. Limit caffeine as it can aggravate stress and anxiety. Avoid tobacco, alcohol, and drugs. If you smoke tobacco or if you vape, you're already at a higher risk of lung disease because COVID-19 affects the lungs. Your risk increases even more using alcohol. Try to cope. You can make matters worse and reduce your coping skills. Avoid taking drugs to cope unless your doctor prescribes medication for you. Limit screen time, which we all are on our cell phones, we're on our computers, we're on our tablets laptops, turn off electronic devices for some time each day, including 30 minutes before bedtime. Make a conscious effort to spend less time in front of a screen, television, tablet, computer, and a phone. Relax, recharge. Set aside time for yourself. Even a few minutes of quiet time can be refreshing and help to quiet your mind and reduce anxiety. Many people benefit from practice such as deep breathing, Tai Chi, yoga, or meditation. 
soak in a bubble bath, listen to music, or read or listen to a book. Whatever helps you relax. Select a technique that works for you and practice it regularly. Take care of your mind. Reduce stress triggers. Keep your regular routine. Maintaining a regular schedule is important to your mental health. In addition to sticking to a regular bedtime routine, keep consistent times for meals, bathing, and getting dressed. Work or study schedule and exercise. Also set aside time for activities you enjoy. This predictably can make you feel more in control. Limit exposures to news in the media. Constant news about COVID-19 from all types of media can heighten fears about the disease. Limit social media that may expose you to rumors and false information. Also, limit reading, hearing, or watching other news, but keep up to date on national and local recommendations. Look for reliable resources. Fact check, such as the, as the United States Center for Disease Control and Prevention and the World Health Organization. Try to keep yourself busy. A distraction can get away from the cycle of negative thoughts that feed anxiety and depression. Enjoy hobbies that you can do at home. Identify a new project or clean out that closet you promised you'd do so long ago. Doing something positive to manage anxiety is a healthy coping strategy. See here on weekends, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, I get out here for, you know, half hour to an hour to talk to you, give you some insights, give you some information. It helps me cope with what's going on in this world today with this pandemic. And then I work four days out of the week. So I'm fortunate that, you know, I have something like that to fall back on. And you focus on positive thoughts. Choose to focus on positive things in your life. Instead of dwelling on how bad you feel, consider starting each day by, by listening things you are thankful for. Retain a sense of hope. Work to accept changes as they occur and try to keep problems in perspective. Use your moral compass or spiritual life for support. If you draw strength from your belief system, it can bring you comfort during difficult times. And set priorities. 
Don't become overwhelmed by creating a life-changing list of things to achieve while you're at home. Set reasonable goals each day and outline steps you can take to reach those goals. Give yourself credit for every step in the right direction, no matter how small or when recognize that some days will be better than others. And connect with others. Build support and strengthen relationships. Make connections. If you need to stay at home and distance yourself from others, avoid social, isola social isolation. Find time each day to make virtual connections by emails, texts, phones, or FaceTime or, similar, or on familiar apps. But limit that time. Don't be on it 24-7. If you're working remotely from home, ask your coworkers how they're doing and share coping tips. Enjoy virtual socialization and taking and talking to those in your home. Do something for others. Find purpose in helping the people around you. For example, email, text, or call to check in on your friends, family, members, and neighbors, especially those who are elderly. If you know someone who, can, who can't get out, ask if there's something that they need, such as groceries or prescriptions, for instance, but be sure to follow the CDCs and World Health Organizations and your government recommendations on social distancing in group meetings. Support a family member or a friend. If a family member or, uh, or, or friend needs to be isolated for safety reasons or gets sick and needs to be quarantined at home or in the hospital, come up with ways to stay in contact. This could be through electronic devices or the telephone or by sending a note to brighten the day for an example. The other things here to help cope with this getting through this pandemic is recognizing what typical, what's typical and what's not. Stress is a normal psychological and physical reaction to the demands of life. Everyone reacts differently to difficult situations and it's normal to feel stress and to worry during a crisis. But multiple challenges daily, such as the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, can push you beyond your ability to cope. Many people may have mental health concerns such as symptoms of anxiety and depression during this time, and feelings may change over time. Despite your best efforts, you may find yourself being helpless, sad, angry, irritable, hopeless, anxious, or afraid. You may have trouble concentrating on typical tasks, changes in appetite, body aches and pains, difficulty sleeping, or you may struggle to face routine chores. When these signs and symptoms last for several days in a row, make you miserable and cause problems in your daily life so that you find it hard to carry out normal responsibilities, 
it's time to ask for help. And get help when you need it. Hoping mental health problems such as anxiety or depression will, will go away on their own can lead to worsening symptoms. If you have concerns or if you experience worsening of mental health symptoms, ask for help when you need it and be upfront about it and how you're doing. To get help, you may want to call or use social media to contact a close friend or loved one, even though it may be hard to talk about your feelings. You can contact a minister, a spiritual leader, or someone in your faith uh, community. You can contact your employee assistance program, if your employer has one, and get counseling or ask for a referral to a mental health professional. Call your primary care provider or your mental health professional to ask about appointment options to talk about your anxiety or your depression and get advice and guidance. Some may provide the options of phone, video, or online appointments. Contact organizations such as the National Alliance on Mental Illness or the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administrations to help and, and to get guidance. If you're feeling suicidal or thinking of hurting yourself, seek help immediately. Contact your primary caregiver or a mental health professional. Or you can call the suicide hotline. Continue, continue your self-care strategies. You can expect your current strong feelings to fade when the pandemic is over, but stress won't disappear from your life when the health crisis of COVID-19 ends. Continue these self-care practices and take care of your mental health and increase your ability to cope with life's ongoing challenges. I hope some of these strategies that I was just reading out to you will be helpful to you. So thank you for joining me this morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug Palmer in Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this morning, Monday. Have a safe work week. Take care out there, everybody. Thank you.